is the man who understands that he cannot make it without the help of God. Amen. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, at some point in life, everybody needs someone. And we always need him. Amen. Always. Sometimes I'm afraid that we have become so confident in ourself that we do not lean on him but I feel something in the Holy Ghost today before they started singing that song the words to this song came flooding into my mind Lord I need you right now somebody in this service needs you amen reach over and grab somebody by the hand and pray with them right now in the name of the Lord in the name of the Lord Lord, you're my help in time of trouble. You're my help in time of trouble. God, you're my strength. You're my redeemer. Lord, I pray your hand of mercy will be upon every soul that is here today. I want to thank you, God, for every blessing that you have poured out. Thank you for your spirit, Lord. Thank you for your spirit. Amen. If you have your Bibles for just a few moments, I would like to turn your attention to the book of John, the 10th chapter. So thankful that you're in the house of the Lord on this Sunday morning. And uh, next week is going to be an easy week. Yeah, you get an extra hour of sleep. Oh, some of you know that you need it. If you don't, I do. But you get an extra hour. We've got a great week coming up for our church family. The whole purpose of it is to reach out to our community and connect our church to this community. Thursday night is a great opportunity uh, to reach out and bring a family with you for a great time of fun for our kids. And then Saturday we'll be having a garage sale. Last night, what an awesome night, my Lord. Was the, the Lord was here and uh, great singing. And on top of that, with the offerings that came in, Sister Gibson gave me an update while ago, a little over $2,300. So we want to thank the Lord for that. Amen. Not that we're in it for money, but we could use a lot of it right now. We're very close to being able to go get our permit to start our next project. So God help us. And thank you for your good work. Brother and Sister Hodges, Brother Buddy and Sister Vicky did an outstanding job putting that together. I want to commend them, amen, for their tireless work and uh, for all that helped them. So many people were in their place. And we lifted our, our level of operation so we don't want to go back. Let's, let's keep doing what we did last night. Everybody was so helpful and and in their place. Thank you for being here. John chapter 10, verse 27. He said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. It is so amazing what he said and what he doesn't say. 
And you need to pay attention to what he says and what he doesn't say. But I like how he stated this. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. Sometimes in life we get so messed up that we don't know him. But you don't ever have to worry about him not knowing you. I know them. Are you thankful that God knows you this morning? Hallelujah. He knows you. And the word know is so powerful in the Greek there. It means to recognize or identify. And it actually is a very intimate term that speaks about uh, a relationship that is so close. Like a husband and wife or a mother and a child. He said that's how I look at you. I know you. Amen. And he knows not only me, but he knows where I am. Aren't you glad he knows where you are today? You need to remind yourself of that just a moment. God does know where I am. And verse 20, uh, 28 said, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man Pluck them out of my hand. I love that. And neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And he says it again. No man, no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Now. My Bible, the word man is italicized. It is put in there for a completion of the thought. So the truth is that when he said, neither shall any pluck them out of my hand. That, that's not only talking about a man, but that's talking about a situation or a problem or a hurt or a pain. He said, nothing can take them out of my hand. That's a great thing to know this morning. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I, I don't have a masterpiece this morning, but I do have a message for somebody. And I hope that you will open your heart and receive the Word of God. He was born in 1899 to a Baptist pastor. And he became, uh, as his mother, a pianist. As one could imagine, being exposed to the music of the church early in his life, it had a tremendous impact upon him. And by the age of 12, he was imitating many of the popular musicians of the day, especially the jazz sound of the Deep South. It resonated in this young boy's heart. And in his late teens, he slipped away from home and made his way to Philadelphia. And there, in that place, he began to operate uh, as a pianist in the speakeasy and the clubs of the night. He would return to Chicago from time to time to his hometown, but his life had began to drift away. And somewhere along the way, this man began to forget his faith and 
compromised his lifestyle and he turned away from the convictions of his young days and his talent opened doors for him that nothing else could have done. But his conscience would not let him get away from what he knew. And though he had opportunities and there were long nights on the road, there was a lot of time that left him for thinking. One day a relative contacted him and said, You know what? You really are wasting your talent. That talent belongs to the Lord. You need to give it back to Him. And so at the age of 21, this young man turned his heart toward God. And he had an encounter that he would later say was the pivotal point of his life. He said, there was something in my inner being that rose in me. My soul, he said, was deluged by a divine rapture. My emotions were aroused and my heart was inspired to become a greater singer and a greater worker in the kingdom of God. And so Thomas became just that. Just as he had poured himself into the nightlife of the clubs, he began to pour himself into the work of God. And with that energy that he had expended for the, for the devil, he poured himself into doing something to honor God. And the only way he knew how to do that was with his music. And so God blessed him and gifted him. And in this young man, there was a new genre of music that was born. Rhythm and blues met worship and praise. And the outcome has influenced our spiritual life to this very day. The result was a brand new kind of music, a, as they call it, a toe-tapping, soul-lifting music. He took a position to be the music director of a church in Chicago. And at the age of 26, he met the love of his life and got married. And he began a publishing company not long after that. Founded the National Convention of Gospel Choirs and Choruses. And the list of his accomplishments were only beginning. He worked at that time with the greatest voice in the history of gospel music, Mahalia Jackson. And by 1932, he was enjoying the blessings of the Lord at what he called full throttle. He had a happy marriage. He had a very successful and growing ministry. And he had his first child on the way, and it was a good life. It was a wonderful life. One night after singing to an audience in St. Louis, he was handed a telegram. The telegram was simple and brief. Your wife is dead. She passed while giving birth to your child. As you can only imagine, this man hurried back to Chicago. Going into the hospital, he was hoping for something good. The next day, not only were his heart, was his heart crushed from the loss of his wife, but the little baby that was born that night had passed as well. As you can imagine, this man fell into a deep crevice 
of depression. His music left him. His soul was crushed. And down into the darkness of this part of his life he plunged. He would avoid anybody. He didn't want to see people. He secluded himself. Not only that, but he became angry at God. He became angry at what had happened in his life. And in his own words, he said, I just need to go back to the kind of music that I know, and that's the world of jazz. And it was pulling on him. He felt like he had been done wrong, and he felt like God had abandoned him. And he didn't want to serve him any longer or write gospel music. And so secluded as he was, nursing his anger and his sorrows, a friend came by one day and seemed to know what Thomas needed. And so he encouraged him to come with him. And he took him on a little trip down the road and by a music school in the neighborhood. Thomas didn't have to be told. He just naturally gravitated toward the piano. He sat down and alone by himself, he began to play. And as he played, he began to pray for the first time in a long time. And the more he prayed, the more he played. And back and forth it went, playing and praying as he began to pour out of his inner being all of the emotions and the anger and the bitterness and the fear and the hurt that had come to his life. And as he began to pour it out, God began to pour something in. Something happened to Thomas Dorsey as he sat playing the piano And the words to one of the most popular gospel songs of all time began to flow out of his inner being from the hand of God that was placed upon him that day. And he began to sing, Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm and through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, and lead me on. Later in his life, Thomas Dorsey said that it was at that piano that the hand of God reached down into his life and touched him and healed him that night of the hurt and the anger and the bitterness as he poured out his soul to God and God began to pour his blessing into his life. He said, for the rest of my life, I must testify to the hand of God that healed me that night when I needed him the most. He touched me in the deepest way. From that point in his life, he would go on to write over 3,000 songs. And he became one of the most influential songwriters of all time. Think about it, church. It was all because God's hand reached out to him on that troubling night and turned his soul around. 
I will tell you this morning that turbulent times will tempt you to forget God. When you are in the midst of trouble and you're going through things that you don't understand, it's very easy to get lost in the emotion of the moment. But I have come to tell somebody that there is a hand that is reaching to you right now. A hand that can touch your life and can change you eternally. A hand that is so strong and powerful that nothing, not one thing can pull you out of its grasp. Death and loss and hurt and pain and suffering, none of those things can pull you away from the hand of God that is reaching for you right now. Hallelujah. It's a good thing to know that there's a hand that's strong enough to do that. A hand that's big enough to do that. A hand that's tender enough to do that. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for His hand that is reaching out in this place right now to those of us that sit under the sound of this voice. The hand is one of the most marvelous things of creation. It is the principal organ of feeling. The motions and movements of the hand are a miracle within themselves. It is an instrument of help. And they say that more can be conveyed by the hand than perhaps any other body part that you have. In biblical times, the hand was very impressive. The position of the hand spoke volumes about the person's attitude. When the hand was extended, it meant friendship. When the hand was withheld, it meant closure. And so the posture of a man's hand spoke volumes about that man and his intent and purpose toward you and in your life. And though touching is such an ordinary action, yet it can speak extraordinary things. And you know the value of a touch when those times are critical, when nobody seems to understand and the doctors have given you the worst news that anyone could receive, that hand that reaches out to lay on your shoulder or that hand that reaches across the table and grasps yours, there's nothing like the power of a touch. And I want to tell you this morning that the Lord Jesus Christ was the master at that. He was the master of touching those that needed Him the most. And He did so many meaningful things for men and women when He touched them, when He reached out to them. It wasn't just the fact that He touched them, but it was when He touched them that made such an impact upon their life. And throughout the New Testament, you will find him over and over and over again reaching his hand toward the unlovable, toward the unclean, toward the failure, toward the misfit, toward those that don't know which way to turn. It was the hand of God that reached out to grab and steady their life. I am so thankful for that hand and I feel 
it upon this service right now. I feel that mighty hand of God moving and reaching out in this service right now. Hallelujah. The relevance of His touch can only be understood by the one who receives that touch. And oh, the revelation of what it speaks. It reveals so much to us of the things that He purposes and intends and pledges to do. When I began to go through the New Testament and I looked at all of the occasions in which the Lord used His hand to change a person's life, I was amazed to find that it was many times more than I had even thought. It was to a diseased and leprous man. Society had pushed him out and there was no one that wanted to have anything to do with him because leprosy was a disease that nobody wanted to identify with. Nobody wanted to be connected to this man. Nobody wanted to touch him because to do so would be to make yourself unclean. But one day, Jesus comes passing by and in a moment of desperation, he cries out, Lord, help me. And the scripture says that he turned and he reached out his hand and he touched him. That may not mean anything to you if you're not unclean or if you haven't been rejected or ostracized. That may not mean anybody here to, to you that, that's never been on the outs or never felt like you didn't belong. But I'm here to tell somebody that society and the world and friends and people have cut you out of their life. But when a hand reaches in that moment, it means more than anything else. And what this man needed, he didn't need a finger wagging in his face telling him how he had failed. He didn't need a hand reminding him of all of his missteps. He just needed somebody that cared enough to say, you know what, I'm not afraid to identify with you. I'm not ashamed of who you are. And I am not afraid that I am going to become contaminated by what you have done. And he was strong enough and he was great enough that he could reach his hand to an unclean man and know that that man's uncleanness would not affect his purity. What a power. What a touch. To be able to touch the undesirable. The touch that makes you feel like you belong. He was not ashamed to identify himself with this man's uncleanness. I'm thankful that there was a day in my life when my life was undesirable. But he reached for me. I said he reached for me. I am thankful that he didn't make me qualify myself before he did. But a hand of mercy and a hand of love reached to my life. Thank God for one who has the power to do just that. Amen. His hand reached not only for a leper, but his hand reached out one day for a blind man. And the Bible said he took him by the hand and he led him. There are times when life blinds us. Many things that can cause it. But I know as well as you that there are times when we don't know and we don't see the way very clearly. Some of you sitting here this morning are trying to make an 
make sense of life right now and, and you just can't seem to make it make sense. Nothing seems to fit. Everything's blurry. Nothing is seen in its proper proportion. But thank God there's a hand that can reach out and take me in times like that. And he can lead me to the place where I will see clearly. I preached to you about that just last week. But I want to remind you that there's a hand reaching out this morning to somebody that's stumbling around. And you don't know what to do next. There's a hand that's reaching out to you. And if you'll just take that hand, he's going to lead you to a place where you're going to see everything clearly and you're going to be able to know what you need to know so you can do what you need to do lift your hands with me right now and let's thank him for that powerful hand hallelujah 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 praise God the hand that I'm talking about can help you Wherever you are, get to wherever you need to be. He can bring you to that place where you can begin to improve. Amen. Sometimes we have to be taken to a place where we can get better. We're never going to get better where we are. God's going to have to help lead us. And there's a hand that's reaching out this morning saying, If you'll just take me, I can get you to a place where you're going to get better. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. My God. Amen. I, I, don't, I don't know why I feel especially drawn to this, but I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There's somebody in this building. You've been thinking in your mind, is it ever going to get any better? Is anything ever going to improve? Well, I've come to tell you, yes, it will. Amen. There's a hand reaching out to you right now saying, if you'll just take my hand, I can lead you where you need to go. I can take you where you need to go. I can bring you to that place where things can be made clear. Would you lift your hands to him right now? Hallelujah. 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 God, I feel your presence here right now. I feel your presence here right now. I feel that hand, a hand of mercy a hand of grace, a hand that's tender. Oh, so tender. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. That same hand, that same hand that reached to lead, reached to lift. It lifted a woman who was sick with a fever it put her back on her feet sick with a fever there's a lot of fevers that are going about in our world today the same hand that reached to lead and reached to lift reached to save a sinking disciple poor old peter he meant well, and he did well for a while. But suddenly everything began to fall apart. I'm not talking to anybody here this morning that life was just going along fine, and then suddenly everything just fell apart. 
and you feel like you're sinking? The Bible said, and when he began to sink, Jesus reached out his hand. And I love the way Matthew said it. He reached out his hand and he caught him. Amen. He caught him. He caught him. Just when it looked like life was over, Peter had made another failure and another blunder. The mighty hand of God reached out to save him. A hand of compassion when we failed. When we failed, when we've stumbled. A hand that assists us when we're down. Amen. A hand that reaches for us when we feel like we're sinking. Sinking under a, a load of debt. Sinking under the weight of oppression. oppression the spirit of oppression. Sinking under the fears of the unknown. There's a hand that's strong enough to reach and catch you. Amen. He can catch you. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. I'm not wasting my time. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. The Bible speaks of him as the eagle that fluttereth over her nest. I think all of you have heard the story about that procedure that the mother goes through with those little fledglings, how that she will bring them out of their comfort zone, pull out all of the down and get all of those prickly sticks that have made up that nest, that have been covered by all of this, this feathers and material and whatever she could bring. She begins to pull all of that away and it gets uncomfortable and then... Then she will take them to the edge and then she will, with her wings, she will sweep them off of that edge and they just begin tumbling through space, falling, trying, but their wings are so, so weak and they've never had to do this before. They, they've never had to go this far before. They've never had to experience this before. You know, there's some of you that are going through things that you've never had to experience before because you've, you've lived in a pretty comfortable environment. And then God gets ready to grow you. He gets ready to make you step up another step. And so He pushes you out of the nest. And they're falling. To the naked eye, it looks like one of the most merciless acts, you think, how in the world could God type himself to that kind? That's cruel and unusual punishment. What's so cool about that? Would you take your child to the edge of a precipice and push it over? I mean, my Lord, Michael Jackson got skewered by the public by hanging his baby out over a balcony. But the Lord swept them off the edge of the nest and they're falling. You say that's so callous. God, that, that couldn't be a picture of God's love. Oh, but it is. Because you see, this is one thing that that mother knows that the bird doesn't understand yet. 
that I can fly faster than you can fall. <laughs> and so no matter how, how hopeless you feel, you say, I'm sinking, Brother Hughes. I, I need the help of God. I'm just here to tell you that God's hand is strong enough and God's hand is quick enough that He can get you before you go under. He can catch up to you before you go down. That's how strong the hand of God is. And that's the hand that's reaching out in this building right now. Oh, would you just reach out to Him right now? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on, let me stand. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. It's strong enough. I said it's strong enough. It's quick enough. Hallelujah. I said it's quick enough. I said it's quick enough. He caught him. Oh, yes. I'm just here to tell somebody that when God puts His hand upon your life, there is nothing that can take you out of the protection of that hand. Amen. Nothing. That hand is able to reach no matter where you are. It can reach to the deepest place. It's the hand of a friend. Amen. It's the hand of a friend. It's the hand of someone who cares. He doesn't make any demands. He just offers help. He doesn't lecture you. He just reaches out to help you. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. He doesn't chastise you. He just reaches to lift you. Oh, thank God he caught me. I was going down what I thought was for the last time. But I thank God he found me just in time. He didn't just find me. He knew where I was. He caught me. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. And praise him right now. Praise him right now. Praise him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so I've come to conclude and tell you that sometimes in life, all that we really need is just for somebody to give us a hand. Hallelujah. Sometimes all we need is to know that His hand is there. It's strong enough. Everybody say that with me. It's strong enough. Come on, say it again. It's strong enough. It's quick enough. Oh, yes. It's big enough. <laughs> oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. It's big enough. Oh, yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I remember reading the story Max Licato told in one of his books about a a little thing that he did with his girls. One of his little girls was a little daredevil and she would love to get on the edge of the bed and she would say, come on, daddy, catch me. And he would, he would stand away from the bed and she would get up and she would jump as far as she would jump and he would reach out and grab her. And they, they, they moved from the bed to the, to the stairs and she was climbing a little higher and every time she would jump, she would be emboldened and, 
and getting up higher up the stairs. And one day her older sister come through and, and her dad says, well, why don't you let your sister catch you? And she said, oh, no. Oh, no. And he said, well, why, honey? Why won't you? He, she, she said, I only jump into big arms. Uh, uh, that's the way I feel this morning. I'm not going to jump for anybody, but I will jump for him. And I've come to tell somebody that no matter what you're going through right now, there's a hand that can lead you through it and lead you out of it. There's a hand that can take you and lift you up when you've been knocked down. There's a hand that can lift you when you feel like everything is against you. Oh, there's a hand that reaches out. Oh, yes, it reaches as far as it can reach and says, this is how much I love you. Hallelujah. Oh, aren't you glad there's a hand reaching for you right now? I feel like the Lord wants to minister to somebody right now. If you feel like you've been sinking or you feel like you've lost your direction and you don't really know what to do, you feel like John on the Isle of Patmos, you don't know why you're there, you had not really done anything to deserve it. It's amazing that in the very first chapter of John's revelation, when God began to minister to that man, the first thing that God revealed to him was his hand. The first thing that God revealed to him was his hand. Not his name or any of those other things. The Bible said that he laid his hand on John. And when God put his hand on John, nothing else mattered. The island didn't matter. The exile didn't matter. The loneliness didn't matter. The pain didn't matter. The misunderstanding didn't matter. All of the things that he didn't understand in life didn't matter. When he felt the hand of God on his life, that's all that mattered. Oh, God, today, I would that somebody would reach out to him, to that big hand, to that strong hand. Oh, yes, to that quick hand. And let him pull you up. Come on, gather with me at the altar right now. Right now. Come on, everybody. Let's come to the altar. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Lead me Hand on Hand to the light. Oh, precious Lord. Precious, precious Lord. Lord. Oh, 